Welcome to episode 122. My name is Rusty George. And here in a moment, I'm going to bring our co-host Brad Williams on. This is Leading Simple. Today, we're talking about how to discover your leadership style. All of us have a leadership style, whether you know it or not. And it may just be the default. It may be your style is to act like your dad or your mom or your coach or your boss. But what is it that really suits you well? based upon your Enneagram, maybe your Myers-Briggs, maybe a particular um, personality trait that you have. Today, we're going to dive into that. If you haven't already, make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast where you get the content free and you get it every single week. And we also send you out a blog every week too. You can get that through joining uh, the newsletter at PastorRustyGeorge.com. But now, with no more further ado... Here is my conversation with Brad Williams and discovering your leadership style. All right, Rusty. Hey, man, how are you doing? It's once again, it's great to see you. It is great to see you as well. Even though others can't see us, we can see each other thanks to the technology of Zoom. I mean, yes. there's a lot of things that are struggling during COVID, but Zoom is not one of them. My Going goodness. strong. Going strong. Household name after this seven Should've months. Stock. Right? Yes. Stock. <laughs> We'd only known. <laughs> So uh, let's jump right into today's conversation. Today, we are talking about how to discover your leadership style. So there's a whole, there are many different leadership styles, Rusty. And um, you being who you are, one, um, what is your leadership style? How, and how do you discover your leadership style? Well, I think it depends on what kind of, uh, what kind of test you're looking at. One I looked at years and years ago, um, was uh, it gave you like 10 or 12 different leadership styles. And the one that I really resonated with the most was a renovation style. Mm, okay. In that I, I'm not really an entrepreneur that can just start things. I really like going in and seeing some of the problems with things and fixing them or tweaking them or making it different or better. That I really thrive on that. And I think part of that's my uh, thinking wavelength. That's, that's a whole nother different uh, um, test you can take. Uh, I'm kind of a translator where I can take one thing and turn it into something else. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how I'm wired, but there's a lot of other ways out there. And I think once you figure out your way, it's easy to stay in your lane. What is yours, Brad? Um, well, I'm a servant leader. And okay. um, for me, um, it's funny because when you're, when I was young, uh, I, I would see the way I survived in my home and in my environment was by helping people for whatever reason. That's the way I saw that I was able to fit in or to gain favor. And so um, as I was thrust into leadership roles at the different jobs that I had growing up as a kid, um, I discovered that that was my strength because it's funny. Most people get promoted in business, not because they're great leaders, but because they're they're of their work ethic. And so my work ethic kind of got me into leadership roles. But once there, I kind of I struggled until I, I did some um, self-discovery and found out what my superpower, what my strength was. And uh, I did that by taking um, some development tests. One is the Enneagram. Um, and once I found out that serving was what I was what I was good at, serving leadership just made so much sense to me. I read a book back in the day called The Secret by uh, um, Miller, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark Miller, I think his name was. And um, it, it yeah, just Chick Fil A guy, right? Yeah, the Chick Fil A guy. And it was it spoke to me. It really spoke to me. And so yeah, so servant leadership is uh, my main my main thing. But to your point, um, when it comes to leadership styles, there's a ton out there. There's the coach, um, a visionary. You have um, uh, autocratic leaders, which I've dealt with uh, quite often. But all that being said, is there a particular leadership style that you uh, do not like? Like, was there a particular leader that had a particular style that just rubbed you the wrong way? Yeah, servant leaders drive me insane. (laughs) 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 Oh, I think that, you know, the overbearing leader, the micromanaging leader, um, I yeah. think there, there are places where those work. Um, and I think you see that a lot in the church where you have a guy that, that maybe run, runs a particular style of business where he, you know, is kind of micromanaging or, you know, involved in everybody's business. And then he volunteers at the church and assumes he needs to do the same way. And it's a different skill set involved there. Servant leader translates over everything. So I'm Brad, I'm interested, you know, once you discovered you were a servant leader, so what'd that look like? Um, you know, how did you change the way that you approach things and how you viewed people and viewed the task at hand? Because in the business world and in the church world, you still got to get results. So how did you do that as a servant leader? Uh, well, as a servant leader, it was not difficult because I was always looking to figure out how I could help. So it kind of made me like a jack of all trades in a sense, because I would do whatever I had to do to help. So I remember having... Um, a leader who was more of a uh, authoritarian type leader and I was his assistant and the staff was not pleased because we had a deadline. He had a whole bunch of stuff to do. He was supposed to lay out some detailed plans for us to accomplish it. That did not happen, but he was still barking at people to get stuff done. And I kind of put that in my mental, uh, mental Rolodex or notepad and I said, I, I want to make sure that I don't, one, I don't do that. And two, that wherever our team needs help right now, and at the time was in the details, that I become that. And so I took the details that he did not uh, give us, and I gave them to the team. And I helped us get through that particular task. Uh, but it's a, lot of, it's a lot of situations like that to where I'm looking to see how I can serve. Like, what can I do to help? And I become whatever I need to become to get that done. That's so good. I, I think there's such, I mean, every good team has got somebody like that. I mean, you think about even just in sports, you know, that's your AC Green, that's your Kurt Rambus, mm-hmm. that's your, uh, you know, KCP on this latest Laker championship that just did a little things that nobody yeah. else really wanted to do, um, which in, in many ways does become a great, a great way to lead. Um, what, what do you think the, or what have you seen the differences between kind of that relational leader, which is kind of like what you said, the servant leader, and then more of the cerebral type leader that's more of the strategist and that kind of thing. How can those types of leadership coexist and, you know, value each other? Well, they can, they can definitely coexist. Uh, the relational leader, uh, well, they can learn from one another too. The relational leader to me um, has an advantage um, because once you, you have to start with trust, any healthy organization, uh, healthy leadership, if you want to, if you really want to grow and scale, it starts with building trust. 
Now, different leaders build trust in different ways. To that strategic thinker, uh, how they build trust will look different than what the relational person does. Someone like me, it's, um, it's one of my strengths to go in and engage people and to start building trust. But if you're more of a thinker, you still do that, but you have to do it your way. It has to be authentic. You have to still care about people. You can't cheat the system. You know, you still have to love. You still have to um, lead in love. And in your critical thinking and your strategizing, you have to serve others. You have to put people ahead of your, um, your agenda in a sense. Like you still have the same goal, but you got to get there while still loving and caring about others. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's, it's such an art form. It's not science, it's art. Uh, because you could go one of two ways. You could be all about the task at hand, or you could be all about the relational collateral. And, I, and I've noticed mm. I can swing one or two ways. I can try to be everybody's best friend and just want everybody to like me. And that was the way I was when I first got to this current job at, at Real Life. Mm -hmm. um, or I could swing the other way and it's all about the metrics and the goals and I don't care about people. It's all for the sake of the loss, you know, and the, the job that needs to be done. And yet somewhere in the middle is where you have to live and you have to flex back and forth based upon who it is you're talking to in order to get everybody on the team moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I mean, that seems to be the most difficult thing. Don't you think it's just this knowing when to zig or when to zag? Yeah, that's what's tricky about leadership. I was going to I want to ask you how you navigate those situations, because real leadership means you don't just get to do what you're comfortable doing and and when it's not everything's not going to work out by a leader leveraging their strength. And that's where people get confused. I liken it to Michael Jordan. When he first got in the NBA, he was doing what he loved. Dunking on people scoring. He loved that. But if he wanted to win a championship, you can't you you can't cheat leadership. Like you have to become more same thing with Kobe. Number eight was different than number 24, you know, and with us as leaders, we have our strengths that get us to that leadership level. But then if we want to win, want our team to win, it's no longer about our individual strengths and accolades. It's now about the team. You're only as good as the team. So for you, you know, what I've witnessed firsthand, uh, you do at real life church to, to grow, to grow the church is figuring out how to make sure you still leverage your strengths, which is the planning, which is the preparing, which is having a plan A, B, C, all the way to Z, while you still have to, it, but still being able to pause because somebody was feeling a certain way and how they were feeling had to be addressed because that was more important than getting this task completed. It's just that balance. It's that balance. So for you, you know, how, like, how have you done that in your, in, in your history at the church? Yeah, I love your distinction between 8 and 24 with Kobe, because you're right. There's dramatic difference between those two styles. Um, I think when I first came in, I was Kobe 8, because I felt like I had to have all the answers. And so I would, I would come to the meetings with the plan, and I would just try to you know, kind of educate people as to why I'm right, why they need to do it. Now let's go do it. I never, I never developed buy-in. And I think what I've learned in the last few years is start with the question first. Here's the problem. Now, what do we do to get there? How do we solve this? Get all the input. Then I can use some of my 
strategic and renovation type skills to craft a plan, bring that back to the team and say, how's this sit with you? And now they have input in it. And you know, as well as I do, when you're parenting, when you're leading, whatever, if people feel like it's part of their idea, they're much more likely to execute it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for anybody listening right now, what Rusty just explained was was profound because a lot of different um, leaders struggle with this thing that we're talking about. And so what I recommend is that you ask open-ended questions so that whoever you're talking to can self-discover. And what I've discovered in my leadership is that when I ask those open-ended questions and allow that individual to talk, I listen and I come up with probing questions because I'm listening. So now because I'm listening, I can actually address what they're actually saying, what the issues actually are. And it's so much, so much good comes from that because you're right, Rusty, that individual knows that you care and that you're listening and they're in what they think matters. Yeah. And I, I I mean, it took me years to learn that Brad. And I, I think for leaders that just go out there and say, what do you want to do? I heard of a pastor one time that stood up. This was first Sunday of the year, which is when you typically, historically, you would give your vision of the church for the next year. He stood up and he said, well, what do you guys want to do this year? Well, that doesn't really cast a compelling vision people want to follow. No. Um, But what you could do is you could go to your team and you'd say, all right, I really feel strongly that by the end of this year, here's what we need to get to. I don't know how we're going to get there, and I need your help. But what you're, what you're doing is you're creating some boundaries. Mm-hmm. So it's not just endless. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A doesn't come in and say, hey, um, how do we corner the market on burgers? Well, they're not making burgers. You know, they're going to make the best chicken sandwich they can. And I, I liken it a lot to that uh, the old Tom Hanks movie, Apollo 13. You know, they're stuck up in space. They don't know what they're going to do. And the guy comes in down on earth, you know, in the back room. And he says, we got to figure out how to help these boys breathe. And here's all the equipment they have. And he dumps it out on the table. So these are the boundaries. We got to play within these boundaries of creating something to help them up there in space. And I think if you give your team boundaries, even if you give your family boundaries, you say, listen, we're going to have a fun vacation, but we only have a hundred dollars. So let's get creative, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. Now you put some limitations on it because all leaders feel like it. If I turn it over to the inmates, they're going to run the asylum. <laughs> so you got to give them a little bit of boundaries there. And then what you'll see is people's leadership styles will begin to excel. You'll see mm-hmm. that person that that is the planner step up. The person that's more the relational glue will kind of hold the team together. Um, the other person that's more pastoral will kind of soothe people when they get their, you know, their, their feelings hurt and it just becomes a beautiful thing. No, that's, that's right. Now, are there any, cause everything that you're saying is, um, is spot on. Uh, are there any resources out there or books you'd recommend to help anybody listening, uh, learn how to be uh, better, better leaders? You know, I think strength finders is still one of the best ones out there. Um, going through that, you can take the test. It'll help you figure out your, your strength, um, uh, and just your, your, your styles. Um, obviously, um, studying the Enneagram, the road back to you is the, uh, is kind of the Bible for Enneagram, but just listen to some podcasts about it. Actually in our podcast on episode 119, we spent a lot of time talking about it. 
mm-hmm. but you can get a free Enneagram test online and figure that out. And then I would just start asking people, you know, what kind of leader do you think I am? Um, am I people driven? Am I task driven? Um, am I um, information focused? Am I uh, relational focused? You know, just ask some of those questions and you'll begin to, to figure some of those things out along the way. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, StrengthFinder is a fantastic um, resource. Uh, they, Myers-Briggs, I love that too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, what, Right Path, Disc. There's a lot of different ones out there. Hogan. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing I love about all these is that they, they focus on, um, it, they make you look at you. And they focus right. on traits. Um, what I love about the Enneagram is it focuses on the traits, but it focuses on the why behind everything else like the why right. behind what you do and what motivates you. So right. that's, uh, those are some great resources. Um, if you want to know your leadership style. All right. I got one last question for you, Rusty. And this one, I'm actually looking forward to hearing the answer. Is there anybody out there who you modeled or who you um, admired as a leader in terms of their style? Yeah. I heard this question years ago. Somebody said, when you're stuck in your leadership, ask this question, what would a better leader than you do? Mm-hmm. So I think about, you know, some people that I would consider to be better leaders. And I ask myself, what would they do in this situation? And it's, you're cheating if you just say Jesus. Okay. Right. Um, you some people that, you know, um, I, for me, a big one is Mike bro. I mean, he's a guy that teaches for us a lot. He's been a huge mentor to me and he leads so differently than I do. He's much more relational He's much more um, reluctant in his leadership style. And I, I love that about him because he is not interested in any kind of personal accolades. And I often ask myself, what would bro do in this situation? Um, there are other leaders like, <clears throat> like a Jim Collins, just mm-hmm. the way that he thinks through things and good to great and built to last. Um, other leaders are the pastor down in uh, um Anaheim named Gene Apple is very strategic in the way that he thinks. Um, I think about some of our leaders on staff from uh, Kevin Finkbeiner to Michael Hinton, uh, just the way they process things. So, um, you know, and truthfully, Brad, I think a lot about our conversations and what you've taught me about four disciplines of execution and, and, you know, bringing the team together and starting with the why and those kind of things have really helped out a lot. What about for you? Who do you lean at? Um, well, you actually shared, uh, gave me a book, uh, Bill Campbell. And, uh, that guy blew me away. Um, the, the trillion dollar mentor, I believe it was the title yeah. of the book. Trillion dollar coach. Trillion dollar coach. Yeah. The trillion dollar yeah. coach and reading that book, it, I felt like, like I've had somebody finally who I could say, that's what I aspire to be. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's what I always, have aspired to be. And so he would be the guy, um, you know, we're, we're different in a lot of ways, but his, his leadership style and, and how he coached individuals and the things that that's what I've done. Every company that I've worked at or tried to do at, at a higher level. And um, yeah, so he's, he's definitely the one right now. Um, and I'm not just saying this cause he said something nice about me, but uh, I do admire you as a leader. Obviously I've been a real life church for nine years. So um, uh, I admire the fact that, um, you, you know, a lot of, a lot of leaders there, they talk, but there are no results. And the thing that I love about your leadership style in real life church is you can actually see 
the results. You can see uh, who's being helped. You can see the outreach. And I just think that's, I think that it's a good reminder because in leadership, sometimes you can forget that at the end of the day in business, it is about the results. So yeah, so that, that's my yeah, list it, right there. It definitely is. And that's, you know, some of the pain that we feel is not what have you done, what have you done lately? So uh, uh, we try to, that is quote Miss Jackson right there. Yeah, you did, you did, <laughs> you did. And I didn't even it's have Ms. to tell you, you, you caught no, it yourself. It's Miss Jackson if you're nasty. So. That's right, that's right, that's what they say. <laughs> Oh man. If you guys are uh, offended by what Russ just said, please email me. <laughs> Bradwell7 Yahoo. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, always good hanging out. Thank you so much. And we will talk again next time. All right, my man. Take care. Well, I hope that was helpful for you as Brad and I talked about leadership style. What is your leadership style? A good conversation to have with coworkers, friends, and family. I'll be back next week. Oh, I cannot wait for this episode. Episode 123 is with a, a, an incredible guy you've probably never heard of. His name is Jason Romano, but he worked at ESPN for years and now runs a great podcast called Sports Spectrum. And he is a guy who came to Christ and lived out his faith in a high-pressure workplace like ESPN and he has great sports stories for us, but more importantly, great life stories for us. And he wrote an incredible book on leadership, the uniform of leadership we'll talk about next week. So make sure you're with us next week. And the best way to do that is subscribe to the podcast so it comes to you every single week. Until then, keep leading simple. Let's just-